with a look back over the weekend sport action. This is Full Time on KCLR. Yes, a very good evening to one and all. Welcome into Full Time here with myself, Martin Quilty, on this Monday evening, the first Monday in July, the 3rd of July to be precise. I am available for contact this evening if you'd like to get in touch with anything you can do so via the text or WhatsApp dinnersready.ie contact line that is 083-306-9696 and I have a busy show coming up because first of all we are going to tear on down the road with the Ravens Rock Rally and Larry O'Shea is going to be joining me very shortly to have a discussion about that Gary Kyo from Marble City Boxing Club will be joining me in part two Michael Elwer from Mullinavat Senior Football Manager who won the county final last Friday evening he's going to be joining me to discuss that final of all things and later on then Mr Joe Nolan from the Left Wing Podcast in Carlo is going to be discussing all things Carlo's Senior Hurling Championship with me but as I said earlier let's go for a bit of speed first of all because at the weekend the Ravens Rock Rally took place down my direction down in the Waterford South Kilkenny and was even passing by my front door almost because the Ravens Rock was there and Mr Larry O'Shea, PRO of Carrick on Shore Motor Club joins me on the phone line. Larry, how are you this evening? Good, sir. I'm very good, Martin. And yourself? Ah, sure. I am great. Thank you very much. Um, I suppose the last time that we had a discussion back in April, it was in very sad times and you were only getting ready to do certain things in relation to a funeral and that was all involved in rally as well. And I suppose a bit of a poignant moment that down our direction, down in Sleeve Rue, the Ravens Rock Rally was taking place at the weekend. First of all, give us a discussion. Let's have a chat about the Ravens Rock Rally because it seemed to be a fantastic success. As I said, all of the rally cars were passing almost by my front door. Some of the liveries on them were absolutely spectacular. They were unbelievable. Lots of lads put a lot of effort into it. So overall, how did the weekend go for yourselves? It was an absolutely great weekend, Martin. Um, I've got a lot of feedback today from spectators, from competitors, from officials, from really everyone involved, and I haven't heard a bad word. People are just absolutely delighted. I know the people of Sleeru, Tullahar and Mullinavash, the general area of the three stages, have been so happy to see it uh, take place in the area. I know myself, the third stage passed by our house here, uh, I think it's up to like 30 years since the stage has worked this direction. So there was a massive hunger to see something like this back in South Kilkenny and people are just happy to have something different and it was a great weekend for everyone. Yeah, I drove down by the service area the other evening on my way back as well just to have a look to see what was hanging around the place and it's an absolute, I suppose for yourselves, a logistical nightmare trying to get everything in place between the cars, the drivers, the service area, making sure the stewards, the signs, everything is out. So this doesn't just happen overnight. There's obviously a lot of planning that goes into this weeks and maybe even months beforehand. Yeah, there's months and months of preparation that goes into this, Martin. And I have to take my hat off to the COC at the event, Simon Reid, Kilmacow man. He, the work he took on to run this event, his first time COC in an event, and it was absolutely flawless. Um, he gathered up a great team, uh, put great people around himself, and he got everything over the line. He picked great stages. He's a competitor himself. He knows what people wanted, and he made it happen. So to him, it's an absolute credit. 
Larry, you were taking part in the rally yourself as a driver from what I can gather and there was a, lots of local interest including one of my neighbours, Billy Collins, was co-driving for Ollie McPhillips as well. But for those who aren't, I suppose, familiar too much with the rallying scene or the uh, the Irish Tarmac Championships as well, I obviously seen there was different classes um, for different drivers that was taking part in them. So what's the difference, we'll say, between all of the different classes? Right. Well, um, I suppose a brief rundown on what classes we run here in Ireland. We have 26 classes, so I won't go through all of them. But a, a general overview is that they're done to the specs and engine specs of cars. So some of them are done by engine size. Other ones are done from uh, pre-assigned specifications of cars. Uh, people might be familiar with the term Group N or Group R, which would have been a very popular uh, classification of car in the mid-2000s. And now in the modern era, we have what we call Rally 1, Rally 2, Rally 3, Rally 4, and Rally 5 cars. So all these cars, although they may look similar, are not similar. And they have to be classified into different classes in the interest of fairness within the competition. We all drive the same route, but we can't all compete against each other. It's just not fair to have everyone running in the same race. So we're broken down into classes, and it's just up to the man, machine and his co-driver after that. And there was plenty of machines around, I can tell you, at the weekend. So can you give us a brief rundown of one who was the overall winner of the stages that was going? Because I believe he actually lost stage three, if I'm not mistaken, on the uh, on one of the rounds going around. Is that right? Yeah, we lost the third stage due to a safety concern with uh, spectators, cars, all. Uh, not a big deal. We got it moved. We got it started. Uh, again, credit to Simon and the team. They made the right call. Uh, no point running if there was a safety concern there. So you're better to pull the stage and get it fixed for the next time around. And they've done that. But um, an overview of how the rally went. Uh, it seems to be just faith, really, that Josh Moffat won the rally. But uh, we all know Craig Breen was infamous for using the number 42. Yep. Well, Josh Moffat took his 42nd career win by 42 seconds. Wow. There was the Ravens Rock Rally this weekend. Yeah, that, that, that's that's a bit freaky now to, to come in with that one as well. But look, um, you're talking about the number 42 and Craig Breen and obviously he was in everybody's thoughts as well that was going on at the weekend, especially taking part in his hometown land as well that was there. And obviously one of his good friends, Michael Chen, was taking part in it with uh, Escodia Fabia, if I'm not mistaken, um, that had an absolute fantastic livery done in it. Um, and I think it was a great tribute to Craig and uh, I think the winners even had the Irish flag with the, the CB hashtag 42 on it as well, which was a, a great tribute to who was um, a great rally driver himself and a two-time winner, as far as I know, of the Ravens Rock in the past. Am I right in saying that? You are, Martin. Yeah, you're right in saying that. Um, and this brings us to the next stage now, Larry, because obviously the Ravens Rock is finished, but I think it's is it 11 more stages is left in it. The next one being in uh, Sligo. Sorry, 11 more rallies. The next one you're heading to Sligo, I think. Is it uh, in a couple of weeks' time or is it next weekend? In two weeks' time, um, the next round of the National Tarmac Championship will be headed to Sligo. So all the national rallies in, in this championship are all following the same format. It's nine stages. It's three stages done three times. Um, so, yeah, the next round is two weeks' time in Sligo. And then after that, uh, they have a little bit of a break, to be fair. 
uh, they, they don't have to worry till they go to the ALNC up around the Dublin Mead area in the 13th of August. So they'll have a couple of weeks to recuperate and gather their thoughts and go again. There's obviously not a local interest down here, as I said, Larry. Um, you've been a Kenny man as well, involved with the the Carrick and Shure Motor Club. But was there any of the other contenders from Kilkenny that was up near the leaderboards, maybe in some of the the different classifications? If I'm not mistaken, I think Young Carey is he from Monkine was uh, in the running in one of the classes as well. Yeah, well, I'll give you a quick rundown here now with some of the locals. Uh, the first man that I have to start with is Eddie Darty from Sleeveroo, uh, was winning the two-wheel drive battle there all day, looked an absolute chewing for it, and just a puncture on the very last stage dropped him back to third in class 14. But like I said, he was leading the two-wheel drive battle the whole day, so just didn't get the rub of the green there, unfortunately. But uh, if we go down through the classes, class one, Jack Brennan from Moonkine won that class, uh, and Gavin Shee and Ken Blanchfield were second. And then we go up to class three. We had uh, Emmett Lyons and Tommy Goodhey, again local men, and they took first in that class. Uh, class four, we had James Boland and John McKay took second in the class. Class 11F, which is a front wheel drive 1600 16 valve car, Philip McDonald and Brian Rowan took third in class. Class 12, Knife with Patrick and Matthew Reed, two men from Mullinavash, won the class. And Evan Russell and Richie Long from Port Law took third in class. And David Dowling and Patrick Dowling took fourth in class. Very good. So lo- that, Sorry, go on. I, I, I just wanted to give that mention there as well to um, class 15 winner, Eamon Murphy, again down the Road direction. He won class 15. They got, yeah, lots of local interest and I didn't actually realise there were so many from Sleeveroo that was actually taking part in it as well but uh, well done to all of the, the winners and the contenders as well. Larry, it has been an absolute privilege to have a chat to you in much happier circumstances um, today. Well done on uh, yourself and all of Carrick and Shure Motor Club on a fantastic uh, day's rallying down um, with ourselves there. It was brilliant to see, great to see the crowds out around the place as well and having a look at it and thank God that the weather held up um, for much of the part of it as well there wasn't too many showers or anything in it and the best of luck to you and the rest of your team and competitors as you head to Sligo in a couple of weeks time for the next round of the Irish Tarmac Championships Thank you very much man Larry, it has been a pleasure as always. That was Larry O'Shea there, the PRO from Carrick and Shure Motor Club, giving us a rundown on the Ravens Rock Rally that was held down around the south east of the county down around my direction Mullinavat Tullahar um, and around Waterford as well and well done to all of the competitors as I said cars absolutely smashing some of the the liveries really was a joy to watch right we're going to move things a little bit from the racetrack to the boxing ring and I'm going to be joined very shortly by Gary Kyo from Marble City Boxing so he's going to join me after the break don't go anywhere we'll be right back Full time on KCL or with thanks to the full range of Volkswagen vehicles at Lahartz, the home of Volkswagen in Kilkenny, LahartzVolkswagen.ie. Your Monday night sports show, full time on KCL or with Martin Quilty. 
Yes, welcome back to Full Time with myself here on this Monday evening. We are flying along and getting through all of our guests, but someone that is not going to be flying is someone who is on the M9 motorway because at Junction 9, not too sure whether it's northbound or southbound, but at the Paulstown uh, heading to Carlow is blocked. So that's Junction 9, Paulstown heading to Carlow, blocked due to a lorry shedding its load. So if you're in that direction, please be very careful indeed and maybe expect a few delays there as people get to that and uh, hopefully that will be cleared in a couple of moments time that you won't be delayed too long at all at all but someone who hasn't been delayed too long I hope he's waiting for me very patiently on the phone line is Mr Gary Kyo from Marble City Boxing Club Gary how are you this evening? Martin, good afternoon, how are things? All good now, thank you very much for joining me here on Full Time on this Monday evening and ye have had a very busy weekend, you've had four boxers win international box gold medals at the weekend, your club finished sixth place overall in the medals table, one medal take, uh, one table one medal of taking best overall team award 134 teams in total competed over the weekend, First of all, where were you competing? And second of all, well done, because that's a bloody brilliant achievement. <laughs> Thanks very much, Martin. Uh, yeah, so look, we, we were actually over at the Hull International Box Cup. Um, so look, it's one of the most renowned international box cups in Europe at the moment. Um, it's, been, it's, on, it's been on the go for probably six, seven years at this stage. Um, it attracts the finest clubs from England, Wales and Scotland predominantly. Um, I suppose in the last two years now, they've taken on a lot more international clubs. Um, but you know every year that you go over there the, the standard is going to be absolutely exceptionally high um, so you have to bring a, a squad that are very very talented um, and, and we did just that in our own team that we brought over we had four current Irish national champions so we were confident going over there that we had a good squad um, and if the draw was favourable to us and all the lads performed uh, to their to their best we knew we'd been there with a shout um, we were unfortunate I suppose on three, on three uh, of the decisions we had Jack Johnson, Finn Cantrell and Brianna Kelly. They just came up short on split decision losses. Um, but they all lost out to the eventual gold medalist. So I suppose, look, that's, we, we can take something from that. Um, we weren't too far off the pace. Um, we managed then, we had Sarah Johnson, Keen Staple and Tommy Fitzpatrick and Scott Delaney all managed to, to claim gold medals. Um, you know, and they all had three hard fights um, in three days. It's difficult. You're having to manage the weight um, every day, making sure that you make the same uh, fight and weight every morning. We were down in the competition venue at 8 o'clock, ready to go. Um, and we would be back then down for the start of the boxing at 12 o'clock in the day. So it was about getting the boxers right on the weights the night before, um, having the bang on the weights, get them weighed in, get them refueled and ready to go for the days. So the days were quite long, um, but it was very, very enjoyable. A very enjoyable weekend. Obviously a bit like Larry, don't know if you were after hearing me talking to him in relation to the rally and getting preparations and everything done beforehand. It goes the very same way with the boxing because obviously this doesn't happen in the last week before you go over to compete in uh, the whole championships, etc. So there's many weeks and maybe even months preparing for this to happen. So how how far back are you looking to take part in this competition to get all of your fighters right before we'll say they peak when you want them to peak the, the weekend of the, the championships itself? Yeah, so I, I suppose this competition, this sold out um, within 30 minutes of open um, on the registration form. So it's very, very high in demand um, at the moment. We are fortunate enough that this will be our fifth year to 
travelling to the the Hull Box Cup. So we're well we're well established and well known over there now at this stage. Um, so we probably have that slight advantage over other clubs trying to get in for the first time. Um, we booked this back in December of 2022. Um, so we started training towards this. I suppose look, we always put our Leinster Provincial and our National Championships first. The box cups are kind of uh, an added bonus. Mm-hmm. But it's always there in the back of your mind that you have these competitions coming up. So it's five, six months in planning and preparation for it. Yeah, um, that's a long time back to be fair. It is, yeah. It's it's quite a long time. And now, as we said, look, we put it, we tend to put it on the back burner. Uh, all our attention is focused on our provincial and national championships. Um, we know if we we get our preparation right for that, we're coming nicely into the the box cup uh, period. But it's it's there's a lot of work goes into it. Um, you know, and there has a, a tremendous amount of credit goes to the boxers themselves, um, because they are some of the most dedicated young individuals that you'll ever come across. Uh, for boxers that we had started on this trip at 11 years of age up to 17 year olds training six and seven nights a week and sometimes twice a day um, just to get their weights right to make sure that they're sharp and well well conditioned and primed um, to go over and compete in these competitions they they deserve all the all the, the credit um, the coaching is quite easy um, our, end, the, our end is very easy we only have to literally stand in their corners with them and uh, just give them a small bit of advice. Um, they do the majority <laughs> of the work. And we're, we're just the, the ones that guide them to the ring. Um, but, to be yeah, fair now, I think there's a little bit more involved in that now, Gary. Ah, uh, well, look, we won't take the credit from them. They, uh, they definitely, they're definitely the ones that put in the work. I'm glad I'm not in their, their boots anymore. Um, but look, it has, it, there's a lot of work goes into it, into the preparation for these competitions. Um, and it, it's great when they come off successful. You know, I suppose we, we went... This is our most successful Hull Box Cup. We went across in 2017 for the very first time. We came back with one gold medal. Um, and that's the most we've ever had was one gold medal out of all of our trips over there. Um, this this year, we managed to get four through to the finals and managed to come away with four gold medals. Yeah, that's and a fair achievement. Said, yeah, and as you said, just one off, one one more medal off the, the top spot. So out of the amount of teams that are over there and the quality opposition we have, we'd be very happy. And look, we look forward to going back over again next year and maybe trying to take that top spot. Yeah, well, we we hope that can happen as well. Obviously, in the short term as well, is there any other big uh, boxing championships that's coming up now for any of your competitors that you're looking forward to? Yeah, so four of those boxers that actually just returned last night, um, they will be starting their national senior cadet journey this Friday coming. So the draw will take place for that tomorrow evening. Um, and the national senior cadet championship, that's a qualifier for the European championships. So we'll have four boxers entering into that Um all hopeful that they can go on and win another national title and guarantee themselves on that plane with Ireland. Nice one. So you could be on the the road, as the fella says again, except this time it could be in an aeroplane. And if you do uh, manage to get any boxers to that European Championships, where are you going to be heading to? Uh, so we'll be heading to Armenia, is where the Europeans will be on. So it's uh, quite a distance away, but we won't mind travelling if we have someone there, Martin. So, um, well, you certainly we you certainly won't. Um, and by the the sounds of things, the way that the the boxing club and those boxers are going, um, you'd be hopeful that a uh, a few of them, um, if not all four, can make that plane journey and get to Armenia. Gary, as always, I'm running just a slight little bit short on time, but my thanks as always for joining me here on full time. Congratulations to yourself and to the gold medal winners again, Sarah Johnson, Tommy Fitzpatrick, Keen Stapleton, and Scott Delaney. Well done, fantastic. 
fantastic achievement well done to Marble City Boxing Club and we wish you the very best of luck in the upcoming championships and hopefully we'll be chatting to you maybe in a couple of weeks time and yourself and the rest of the gang will be on that plane to Armenia and we can keep an eye on their progress Martin, appreciate you having me on. Thank you very much. No hassle as always, Gary. It has been an absolute pleasure as always. That is Gary Kyo there from Marvel City Boxing Club. They are having a chat to us about the Hull Championships that took place last weekend. Right, time really is slipping away. I have another quick break to take and when I come back, I will be chatting to Michael Elward, the Mundavat Senior Football Manager, on his Fantastics team's win last Friday. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Full time on KCLR. With thanks to the full range of Skoda vehicles at La Hearts, the home of Skoda in Kilkenny, lahartsskoda.ie. Looking back over the weekend action, full time on KCLR with Martin Quilty. Yes, welcome back on this Monday evening with myself, Martin Quilty. Right, I have a message in here from Kilkenny GAA Treasurer Barry Hickey wanting me to announce that Kilkenny GAA Supporters Club are running a raffle currently. That is all the details available online. There is eight great prizes, including signed Kilkenny jerseys, polo shirts, beanie caps, etc. Tickets are only €5. The draw will be done on the 7th of he doesn't actually say um, is it the 7th of July or the 7th of August anyway I'm assuming it's going to be uh, fairly soon so it's either the 7th of July or the 7th of August at 6 o'clock but the tickets can be got online um, if you go on to the Kilkenny GA social media sites and scan the QR code is there you should be able to do it and if Barry if you're listening in you might give me a text back and let me know if it is the 7th of July or the 7th of August and I will announce that again just before the end of the show right waiting very very patiently for me, although not as patiently as the cows are because Michael Elward is waiting to go milk them, so I'm not going to delay him too much, but he is the manager of the Kilkenny, or I was going to say the Kilkenny, the Mullinavat Senior or senior football team. Lillian, why can't I say these things right? The Mullinavat Senior football team who won the back-to-back county titles last Friday evening in UPMC Nolan Park defeating Thomastown. And Michael is now joining me on the phone line. Michael, how are you this evening? Not too bad, Martin. Good form after Friday evening. Great result for us, so it was uh, nice, nice to get back to normality. It certainly was. I suppose there was a bit of uncertainty coming in the lead-up to this game, and we're not going to dwell too much on it, but originally he had been awarded the game, and then it went to appeal, and the game then was going to be replayed or put back on again, if you want, for a better word, and it was scheduled in for last Friday. And you've done the business. You have done back-to-back, and it's also your sixth title in seven years football is going well down that direction yeah it is you know what I mean like the, the place to win and lose the county finals uh, be a footballer hurling is on the field of play and that's where, what we did on Friday evening which is the most important thing it's a good result for the lads and it's uh, nice to get keep, keep a hold of what we have achieved over the last couple of years and so, if I'm not mistaken, uh, last year when Kilkenny won the junior football uh, All-Ireland final against New York you actually had 12 of the panellists that was on that. I mean, that's a fair achievement for one club to have, but it just goes to show how much that you actually put into the football because the lads do. You train hard for it and you're reaping the rewards now for it. 
Yeah, we are, you know what I mean, and, and uh, we had a, Ian Duggan was selector as well, so you could say there was 13 involved, and it like, great achievement for Mullivat, but like, even a great, better achievement for Kilkenny, like, you know what I mean, we're not supposed to be able to kick a football, but like, the lads went up, and they were severe underdogs on the day above in Crow Park today, like, and they turned the tide, and uh, came home with the first junior title, which was great for them, like, had a benefit that there was seven race, or 12, seven race lads started in Mullivat, and there was a good number on the panel as well, so it was, Big head toss, like, you know what I mean? It keeps things going. Well, we're looking at the, the 30th of June when you played the final. You now have a very long break before the Leinster Championship starts that you're going to be partaking in as well. How do you find that that's going to be a bearing? Because obviously it was the same last year as well for you. And how do you cope? Or is the lads playing hurling, keeping their fitness going for you before you go into that, them couple of games then later on in the season? Look, at the Leinster Championship is a bonus. First thing you do is you win your uh, club championship in Kenny. The boys will go back now and they'll, they'll few them involved with football for the next two weeks. When that's over then, they'll, they'll train away with the hurling. Like, they'll train away. Hurling, hurling train has gone away since the start of the year. They've been at that away. We've been looking up to being a, a forward cup nights train with the hurling manager, which has been a great benefit to us. They, he has given us a couple of nights that we want to train with no um, no problems and we're very appreciative of that from the hurling team, from the hurling management they can they go back hurling now and hopefully they go as far as they can on the hurling and um, whenever, unfortunately, whenever it's knocked out, we focus to go back to the football until then they hurl away and that's it. Do you find that, and, and I know we are predominantly a hurling county as everybody keeps telling us, but there is some lovely footballers within the county as well and it is hard to play championships, obviously, simultaneous to one another as well. But do you feel that the football is kind of put on, first of all, to try to get it out of the way in time for the hurling and then you have a long gap that's coming then before you take part if you're lucky enough to win the county final before you go into the Leinster Championship? Yeah, it is. But like this year, the county board have... Um brought out fixtures, uh, fixtures list and everybody tried to adhere to it as good as they could, you know what I mean? And it was great to have a split season now, you know, like Kenny Harlan will get a run in the championship there and you're talking about nearly to this time of the year or maybe semi-final All-Ireland stage and then the Harlan starts off there in August. So at least you concentrate on the football at the start of the year, it's, it's over and um, you, you know I mean, you can concentrate on and the fact that when Kenny are playing the junior championship as well, that it kind of leads into it for the selectors, it keeps the players fit and which is, a, which is good. Um, they can keep an eye on players, see how they're going with the clubs. Michael, what drives the, the team on to go and win? Because six titles in seven years is a phenomenal achievement. Back-to-back titles is not easy done in either code, hurling or football. Um, but to have that success with the group of players, what drives them on every year? Uh, I could I could say management, but the boys might laugh at. It, but no, but their own their own hung, their own their own hunger to uh, to achieve. You know what I mean? Like we we uh, took us three runs at Leinster, and then we got to Leinster final in 2019. Unfortunately, COVID came along, and then there was no none, nothing in 20 in Thomastown. Uh, to, uh, you know what I mean? One in 21. We got a good run last year, and so just hunger and the the love of football. You know what I mean? The love of sport, I suppose most important thing you can go out and play with a bit of freedom but you don't win a county title in Kilkenny football title you know what I mean you just don't walk up and pick up a medal there's a lot of other counties in the country that hurling wouldn't be as uh, wouldn't be the dominant sport and like and they'll, they'll find it hard any county finds it hard any club finds it hard to win a county title in their own be it hurling or football you know you're not awarded anything for, for the sake of it 
Yeah, and I suppose obviously the uh, the championship is going to be coming up for the the county footballers as well within the next couple of weeks. I think it's taken the same format as it did um, last year. So, have you many fellas in uh, this year with the the Kilkenny team, or have they met up any time this year yet? Do you know? Yeah, they're trained. I think they are trained and playing challenge matches there on in a Thursday night. I think there's a good few lads. There's eight or ten lads I think involved again and. Like it's on two weeks' time there, the first round, but I think it's again, they're playing Warwickshire in um, Abbottstown, uh, uh, that place in that centre, and then they're... The National Games Development Centre, yeah. Yeah, 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 and if they win that, they'll, they'll be fortunate enough to go to Crow Park the, two days after. Well, it would be great as if the same year that Mon Levat done back to back, that Kilkenny could do back to back football all Ireland's as well. It would be a phenomenal achievement for everybody involved. But it certainly is within your own county, and I know you are a passionate Mon Levat man. And no matter what you do when it comes to either hurling or uh, football, when it comes to the training front, you certainly give it your all, as do all of the players as well. So, Michael, congratulations, well done to yourself and Mon Levat. Fantastic achievement. We wish you best of luck in the Leinster Championship, but we'll definitely be having a chat before that comes up and I leave you get back to some very unrestless cows that's there at the minute to try and get the milk before uh, the evening is out but thanks a million for joining me here on full time this evening no bother thanks very much Martin Perfect. That was Michael Elward there, the manager of the Mullinavat football team. Now, I've seen if I had any more little snippets that was there from the game but I don't think uh, that I have I think it was just uh, Jim Colleton was the only one that is available on Scoreline Extra if you want to hear what Jim had to say obviously um, a hurler and a footballer that was there as well but um, I don't see anything else that's there at the minute right uh, I'm a few minutes early before I go to Joe Nolan so first of all what I'm going to do is I have a little piece here from Claire Phelan because Kilkenny was involved in the Camogie Championship at the weekend in UPMC Nolan Park on Saturday evening where they took on old rivals Tipperary in what was a classic game with the teams playing out a 2-8 to 1-11 draw Kilkenny then went in as group runners up Tipperary as group winners both of them as we now know have come out in the quarter final draw and I managed to catch up with Claire Phelan after the game this is what she had to say to me and when we come back we're going to move straight then into the Carlo Senior Hurling Championship and Joe Nolan will be joining me on the telephone Clear feeling. You're just after finishing your last group game against Tipperary. Cracking game, to be fair. All the supporters that was here really enjoyed it. A draw. It's not a. It's not a loss. You're still in the championship. What did you make of the result overall? Um, yeah, like you said, it's not a loss, and I think we performed. Obviously, there was I don't know what it was a 20 minute spell there, where we didn't score, and we have to try sort that out, I suppose. But other than that, I think we hurled well. Um, there were no goals went in as a back view of it, I suppose. We defended well, and everyone worked hard. But um, look, the result was a draw. We we still haven't been beaten, I suppose, in the championship, so we're happy enough. You recovered really well from an early goal from Tipperary. Shook the ground maybe a little bit, maybe came a, a bit of a shock because you were going so well. Was the sun a factor down on the pitch for the players? Because we could see particular Aoife when she was having a look up at the ball, it seemed to be distracting of where the ball was. How bad of a factor or how much was the sun affecting your vision? Yeah, it was. In the first half we were facing it anyway. It was definitely tricky um, as a goalie, as I'd imagine, you know, very tricky to read where the ball was going. But... Um, we can't make excuses I suppose that's going to be the situation there will be different 
different weather any day. So look, it was just an unlucky kind of break, I suppose. Even blocked and it broke broke wrong, but we'll just like you said, we recovered and we we pushed on from it. So um, that was a good sign. You did, and you got two very good goals and two quick goals as well to go into the break in the lead. There might have been a bit of confusion at half time over the score, but you were leading at half time by the point. And Tipperary just started the second half really well as well. They just came at you, but you hung in, you kept on, and you got the draw in the end. But you a bit disappointed, maybe you didn't push on a small little bit towards the final third in that game. Yeah, like I said, we just seemed to have a lull there kind of towards the end of the first half and the start of the second half as well where we weren't scoring and we need to try sort that out, I suppose. But um, like you said, we went three, maybe four points down, I'm not sure, and we hung in there and clawed it back. Um, there could have been a few calls. I think that should have maybe went our way, but look, that's the way it goes. It's going to be different every day. Um, so we got the draw anyway. We're still in it. We're out next weekend, so we'll just look forward to that. What do you make of the draw? Cork again in the quarterfinal in Crow Park next Sunday. Yeah, I only just heard it as I was leaving the dressing room there. But sure, look, it doesn't really matter who we get at this stage. It's going to be a tough one. Great that the games are in Crow Park and before the hurling. Um, great for Camogie. So we'll just... Is that actually important as well to have that support from from the people of Kilkenny that they don't have to split themselves either the Saturday or the Sunday go early and get the two games in how important will support be against Cork and Crow Park uh, definitely yeah look it's brilliant to, to have the hurlers on after it's a brilliant occasion and without a doubt Kilkenny supporters are always great there was a great crowd here today for the game so no doubt they will go that bit earlier and get up and support us and look it's always like an extra person on the team I suppose having a crowd there a Kilkenny crowd so hopefully we can do the business and just um, bring a performance for next day. Well, well done on a cracker this evening and best of luck next weekend Thanks in the quarterfinal. Thank you. That was Claire Feeling having a chat with me after the Senior Camogie Championship game last Saturday. Right, there is plenty of action going ahead in the Carlo hurling scene and the senior hurling rounds got underway last weekend. One of them was on during the week as well and I am delighted to be joined by part of the Left Wing podcast crew and that is Mr Joe Nolan. Joe, how are you this evening? Good sir. Oh, brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah, it's a good time of the year with the championship after kicking off and uh, more rounds to come this week. So, yeah, as I say, good form here anyway. It certainly is. Well, Carlo Horland are certainly on a high after winning the Joe McDonough Cup. But I suppose what lads have been friends and colleagues coming into the Joe Mac final and getting ready to play that. They have the medal in the back pocket, but the important one as well, if you're a hurler in Carlo, and that is the senior club medal that you want at the end of the year. And there was some enthralling matches that was on last weekend as well. Um, and there was one of them that was on earlier on in the week. And I think you were at a couple of them. So you might go down through the ones that you were at, Joe, and uh, fill us in on how they went. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yep. So we had three rounds um, last week. Um, each of our six teams were out. So we had three fixtures. Um, I suppose opening the championship, um, we saw our county champions of last year, um, St Mullins take on my own club, I'm a Valentine man, uh, in the first round. And um, the scoreline was uh, 318 to 111 in the end. And I suppose um, it was a, I suppose a statement of um, intent, I think, from St Mullins, uh, the champions. Um, they're masters of timing their runs, I suppose, late every year or to, to time it to the knockout stages in the championship here. Um, but they really started really, really strong in this game. Um, I suppose key for them was, um, I suppose, a fully fit and, and available pattern barn. Um, I suppose Conor Kill, who was uh, departed to the States, um, and Jerry Cody was carrying an injury, would probably be their most notable absentees. But 
Um, I suppose they had uh, carried in a great form from last year in terms of their, you mentioned the Joe McDonough uh, win for Carlo, and obviously we have, they have key men on that team in terms of James Dial, Paddy Boland, Paul Dial, the captain, Mouse Kavna, you know, to name but a few um, who, who have Joe Mac medals in their pocket. So they hit the ground running. Um, ourselves, my own club, Ballinkillen, we were shorn, shorn a few, I suppose, uh, that we'd, we would like to have had uh, on the day. And um, but look, there's no taking away from the performance of the of the county champions. They certainly laid down a marker. Um, I suppose you know the top forwards or the top players continue that good form um, into into the club scene. Um, you know James Dial ended with one four. Paddy Boland, as we've seen all year from a county point of view, grabbing goals and he grabbed two more. Um, and was probably lucky unlucky to only for two great saves by Thomas Dowling to um, not to grab a couple more and uh, Mouse finished with eight points as well so and obviously key contributions from other players as well um, Ballinkillen will be a little bit obviously disappointed with, with how the how the game went for them um, blood and a lot of new players you know a lot of new positions for lads as well um, but the second half I suppose saw, saw green shoots for them um, from about the 28th minute on to the end of the game they, they kind of we said score for score um, with St Mullins and they'll take kind of great heart from that with, uh, coming into this week which there's I suppose the big well I suppose one of the big fixtures in terms of the race for the semi-final spots um, we'll see Ballinkillen and Navon um, pair off this week but um, so that's kind of the rundown on the first game um, exciting fair a lot, lot of good scores on, on the board um, even though St Mullins had a good win I think they'll, they'll feel the left few scores behind them Alan Killen, like I said, were probably looking for more of a performance than a result, and um, they'll probably be pretty pleased with maybe with that second 30 minutes uh, last week. Um, and the second game I was in at then was the was probably the tied around really, um, in terms of how the results panned out, and maybe um, in terms of also performances um, from teams maybe un- unexpectedly. Um, so we had a cracking game between uh, Nave Owen, Michel, and Mount Leinster Rangers. Um, in kind of tough, tough enough conditions um, on Friday night uh, last there um, due to wind and I suppose a little bit of misty rain as well. Um, so the Nave Old men, I suppose, coming into it were, I suppose, you know, they've had a Apache run of form maybe in, in the championship the last couple of years and they're, they're, they're trying to maybe, you know, change into the guard slightly in terms of personnel and style as well. Um, but they, they really gelled really well on Friday night. Um, I suppose the, the game panned out, I suppose, the way they, from, from a, a Nave Owen point of view, really how they wanted in terms of getting into an early lead. Um, you know, they pushed on with the, with the elements, um, probably left a few more scores behind them, but at one stage were leading one seven to four points, which, you know, a six-point lead on, on Mount Leinster Rangers, given their, their pedigree was, um, you know, a substantial one. Uh, but great credit to Mount Leinster Rangers. Before half time, they, they nipped back for two very important points, and... Um, it kind of left them in the game then, obviously, a little bit stronger position at 1-7 to 6 points at half-time. Um, I suppose key, I suppose, for Mount Leinster Rangers as well, I suppose, in fairness to them. Um, you know, we mentioned the Joe Mack success, and, and they were down several key players from, from, from their panel that would have taken part in that. Um, kind of notably, I suppose, Fiat Fitzpatrick, John Nolan um, would have been... Would have been I suppose key players, um, like we said, uh, you know, if, for them along, along the way this year. And, um, you know, just, you know, those couple of little absences, um, I suppose, you know, it's like any team, you cannot, you cannot go out without your best on any given day. Um, but in fairness to them, second half, um, they turned the screw. 
Um, guilty probably, they were very guilty probably of a lot of poor ways themselves in fairness, unless Rangers probably look back and look at that in terms of rectifying something, they probably hit close to 20 wides in the night. Um, but they hit six points in a row in the second half to turn the game around. Michael were only kind of um, able to kind of punch at them kind of, in, you know, kind of sporadically. Again, into the elements was it was a big thing. Um, and they only scored three points, I suppose, you know, which ultimately cost them in the end three points from place balls in the second half. Um, but saying that, I suppose the great excitement was um, with the very, well, the second last poke of the game, um, in fairness to Michael, they could have won it. Um, a great, great uh, tussle across uh, near the stand side. Uh, ball drifted across the square, caught by um, Gavin Rossisco, and you know just dr- turned and drilled the ball wide in one movement. Um, in fairness to Gavin, he got a goal in the point already in the game. Was hurling really well. Just was a little bit off balance, you know, taking the strike. But um, you know, but for the weight of a goal post or to do a little bit with it, um, it could have been a famous win for 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 Navon and the night. Yeah, well, certainly two very good games that was there. The other game that was on was Bagnellstown Gales. They proved too strong for Nia Breed as they ran out 4.22 to 3.10 winners. And of course, uh, Bagnellstown Gales uh, managed by our own Eddie Scally from KCLR there as well. Right. So wins for Bagnellstown Gales, Mount Leinster Rangers and St. Mullins in the first round of games. Uh, Joe, I suppose the next round of games, are they coming up, taking faster day on this weekend again coming? The R and D J, um, the R and D J, they're on on um, the first fixture this week is on Thursday night, and then we have two on the on Friday night. So, I think the first fixture of the of 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 this round, probably in some ways, people would see it, um, maybe as you know, um, every game is obviously something to play for when you're in a group of six. But I think this fixture takes on a little bit of. Um, I suppose more uh, more focus for both teams will probably be have been targeting each other and that's uh, like I said earlier Nevon Michael are hurling uh, my own club Alan Killen on Thursday evening in in, Dr. in Netwatch Cullen Park um, and I suppose both, both teams suffered I suppose losses in, in different senses in the first round I think both will take a lot of learnings from it and maybe, you know, the performances or, or the things that they learned were probably more important. They mightn't have targeted a win in, in either of them in the first round, but I think certainly both teams will eye each other up um, and having the right good crack off each other in this game. And unfortunately, um, I'm going to have to cut that short um, and I don't mean to do that, but I'm really caught up on time here. Okay. Uh, but anybody that does want to check out any of the fixtures, go ahead and check out carlogaa.ie and you can get all of the fixtures for this weekend's game is coming and no doubt Joshua will be chatting to you possibly next week and see how the matches from uh, next this weekend goes uh, I mean, we might even slot in there next Monday um, and give you a, a bigger uh, slot to see how the uh, the Carlo hurling scene is going but for the time being thanks a million for joining me here on full time here on this Monday evening and giving us a rundown from last weekend's games and I look forward to chatting to you again soon most welcome thanks very much perfect thanks a million Joe sorry to cut Joe short there but I am running short on time I have a quick break to take when I come back we are going to have the sports roundup we'll have also the electric player of the week and to tell you what's coming up over the weekend as well don't go anywhere we'll be right back full time on KCLR with thanks to the full range of Volkswagen commercial vehicles at Lahards the home of Volkswagen in Kilkenny lahardsvolkswagen.ie Full time on KCLOR, your weekend sport in review with Martin Coulty.
Right, welcome back into full time with myself here, Martin Quilty. It's time to go down through the sports roundup, and we're going to start with Camogie news because Kilkenny will play Wexford in the quarterfinal of this year's Glen Dimplex Intermediate Camogie Championship. That game has a 3 pm throw in start in FBD Semple Stadium, while in the relegation battle, Carlo is going to take on Dublin also on Saturday at 5 o'clock in Netwatch Training Centre in Fenna. In ladies' football, Carlo have claimed their first victory in this year's All-Ireland Ladies Junior Football Championship following a 6-11 to 2-6 victory over Derry. Meanwhile, Kilkenny fell to a heavy defeat away to down. In GAA news, uh, Kilkenny in GA in Kilkenny rather Dunhamagan have won the JJ Kavanagh and Sons Junior A hurling league after a 120-114 victory over Mullinavat in yesterday's final while James Stevens claimed the Junior B league with a 219-19 win over Bennett's Bridge and also in Camogie and GAA news the puck for the Leinster finals are going to be taking place this Saturday coming on Mount Leinster Rangers uh, so uh, or Mount Leinster even um, so we wish them the very best of luck staying with GA, the All-Ireland football semi-finals have been announced on Saturday the 15th of July Dublin will take on Manahan while on Sunday the 16th of July at 4 o'clock it's Kerry versus Derry and in athletics this year's Kilkenny Triathlon has been confirmed for the 16th of July in Kilkenny right um, time is up um, and I'm coming to the news and I'm late I'm even overdue and I'm going to miss something I'm going to be shot altogether but this week's electric player of the week goes to Michael Malone well done Michael on your nomination um, and congratulations on that so that's it from myself tune in next Monday when if I'm not on time I will really be shot until then mind yourself take care and we will chat to you soon bye keeping you in the game and in the know full time on KCLR with Martin Quilty 